Amen. Go ahead and be seated in the presence of the Lord. God is good. We're working our way through uh, the book of Ruth here in the month of August, and we'll finish it up, Lord willing, next Sunday. But I want to go right into Ruth chapter 3, and it's a story of Boaz and Ruth and Jesus being a loving redeemer, because Boaz loved Ruth and Ruth loved Boaz. It was a love relationship that really led to the redemption of Ruth and Naomi also. And so I'm going to read verses, uh, well, the whole chapter, chapter three of the book of Ruth. So if you can find that, that would be awesome. Jesus, our loving redeemer. All through this book, uh, it's a, it's a book on redemption, obviously, as Boaz redeemed, saved, provided for, rest rescued uh, Ruth, the Moabitess, and her mother-in-law, Naomi, from a life of poverty, from a life of hopelessness and despair. And uh, he, married in, uh, he married her, Ruth, and also purchased the property back for Naomi, so they were well provided for for their life. That's the idea of redemption, to rescue and to provide for, and that's exactly what Boaz did. And it's a book that tells us about our great Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And just as Boaz was willing to redeem, so also Jesus was willing to redeem us. Just as Boaz was wealthy enough to redeem, he had to pay that price, and he had what it took to pay the price to buy back that property. Even so, Jesus is a wealthy redeemer. He had the price that had to be paid for our redemption, his precious blood. So he was willing, he was wealthy, he was able, he was powerful, he was free, he is loving. He's all these things that we see in Boaz that's really a type of representative of our great redeemer, Jesus Christ. So reading Ruth chapter 3, it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, Now this is really the first time that Naomi's giving good advice. And uh, so a real change is taking place in her life. My daughter, shall I not seek security for you? Or that could be translated rest for you or provision for you. It can even be translated a redemption for you, that it may be well with you. Now, Boaz, whose young women you were with, is he not our relative, our kinsman, or our redeemer? Can you look at it that way? Is he not our redeemer, somebody that has, by law, the right to redeem our lives, to purchase back our property, to marry you to provide for you? Is he not a relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in Uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down." Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. That'd be startling, right? 
And he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. That word close relative, for you are a kinsman redeemer. You are a redeemer to me. And so this really is a marriage proposal. When she says, please cover me, it's really a marriage proposal. She's asking him. Then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. I think it's so interesting that here is Boaz. He's a wealthy man. He's also an older man. And he's so excited and he's so touched that she wants a relationship with him. And I want you to know that Jesus, our Redeemer, is so excited to have a relationship with you. Boaz was excited about this because he loved her. And she's now showing love back to him. And so when you invite Christ into your life, when you say, cover me, Lord, with your love, when you say, I want to spend the rest of my life following Jesus, being a part of God's plan, I want you to know that so excites the Lord. Just, just as Boaz got excited about this because he loved her and he saw that she loved him back, even so when you love Jesus back, it excites his heart. And so verse 11 says, and now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. So if you say, Jesus, save me. Don't worry. He's going to do that. Say, oh, God, forgive me. Don't worry. He's going to do that. He responds to our request. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town. Know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative or a redeemer. However, there is a relative closer than I. And we'll find out about that in chapter four. Stay this night and in the morning it shall be that he will perform, if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. So there was someone closer in relationship as a relative than Boaz. And as we see in chapter four, that represents the law. And the law is not willing to save because the law does not love you. You know, Boaz loved her. This other guy that we find in chapter 4, he had no love for her. He wanted to redeem the property, but he did not want to redeem Ruth by marrying her and raising up offspring uh, to be a salvation to her because the law does not love. But Jesus loves. The law does not save nor does it want to say that's not the purpose of the law. We'll find out about that next Sunday, Lord willing. If he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs or six quarts of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. She came to her mother-in-law and said, is that you, my daughter? Then she she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, then these six ephahs of barley she, he gave me, for he said to me, do not go empty handed to your mother-in-law. I love this because whenever you come to the Lord and you're asking things of the Lord, you always receive more than you give. Amen. In our relationship with the Lord, we always get more then we have to give. I know the Bible says we are to lay down our life and take up our cross and, and live for his glory. But I want you to know it's not a fair exchange because the Lord 
does more for us than we can ever do for him. You agree with that, don't you? So he loaded her up, didn't want her to go empty-handed to, a, to her mother-in-law. In verse 18, then she said, sit still, my daughter, be at rest until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest. I mean, this Boaz, he's excited, he's motivated, he's driven, he wants to make this happen, he wants to redeem her because he loves her, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. I want you to know that Jesus is highly motivated to save you, to rescue you, to redeem you, to restore you, to love you, to share his love for you, towards you, to spend the rest of his life with you. I mean, he is motivated. He is a loving redeemer. If you want to get to the right destination, you have to have the right relationship. And that's what Naomi and Ruth realized. You know, we need redemption. We need to have a right relationship with Boaz, this wealthy, willing, loving redeemer. And I want to know if you want to get to your destination, ultimately heaven, you need to have the right relationship. And that's with your loving, willing redeemer. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Our salvation ultimately is a love story. The greatest of all love stories. Jesus is our loving redeemer. Matter of fact, the Song of Solomon wrote the book, the Song of Songs. The Song of Solomon. I mean, this song, the Song of Solomon is the Song of Songs. The the ultimate of all songs ever written. And it's a song. It's a book about a love between a man and a woman. It's also a song or a book about a love between Jesus and his bride, his church. Now listen to this. God's love for you is eternal and constant. Your love for God is always to be growing more and more. Am I right about that? God's love is eternal and constant. It's unchanging. It's not waxing and waning. It's not ebbing. It's flowing. It's not, uh, and then, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just constant. It's constant. But our love for the Lord is to grow and grow in our relationship with him. And I, I trust that you have a loving, growing relationship with your great redeemer, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love him because he first loved us. That's what the Bible says, right? Ruth loved Boaz because Boaz first noticed Ruth. You read that in Ruth chapter 2, verse 5. Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? So Boaz shows up at the harvest and he notices this girl and he asks the servant who represents the Holy Spirit, who is this? So he, he has his eye set on her. In Ruth chapter 2 verse 8, he first spoke to Ruth. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from the here, but stay close by my young women. So Boaz first noticed her. Boaz first spoke to her. And Boaz first showed grace to her. That's in Ruth chapter 2, verse 10. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? We love him because he first loved us. He first set his 
heart on you. He set his affection on you. He began to operate and move in your behalf. He drew you into a saving relationship with him. Now your heart is full of love for him, for all that he's done. But the reason why you love the Lord and the reason why I love the Lord is because God in Christ first loved us. It's a love story. Jesus is a loving redeemer. Love is the root of our redemption. Ruth, we find in Ruth chapter 3, verse 9, loved Boaz. That's why she says, take me under your wing there in verse 9 of chapter 3, for you are a redeemer to me. So she's expressing love to him. He's responding with love towards her in chapter 3, verse 10, when he's just so excited that she wants to marry him. Why, why is he excited that she wants to marry him? Because he wanted to marry her. Because he had affection for her, but he can't make that happen. Something has to happen in her heart to respond to his affection. And that's the way salvation is. God wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus wants to be your savior, your redeemer, but he doesn't force himself. He doesn't make you. He's looking for a response from our hearts. And as soon as he sees you turn to him, As soon as he sees you call upon his name, as soon as he sees an inclination of your heart of trust, of faith, of wanting God, he just responds and he comes and says, I will do all that is on your heart. I will save you. I will redeem you. I will restore you. I will rescue you. I will make your life better. Hallelujah. He's a loving redeemer. Hmm. Naomi's desire in chapter 3, verse 1, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security or rest or provision or redemption for you that it may be well with you? Now, this is a mother's desire to see her daughter-in-law, or let's say her child, find salvation, find redemption. Now, this should be the desire of all the moms and dads in this room. That you want your children to fall in love with the Redeemer. To have a Redeemer in their life. Chapter 3, verse 3, I think is the key verse for us here today. Naomi tells Ruth, wash yourself, anoint yourself, put on your best garment, go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. So Naomi is giving Ruth some advice on how she's supposed to approach Boaz. It's great advice. He says, I want you to wash yourself, anoint yourself, dress yourself, go down to the threshing floor. Listen what David did when he was responding to God and God's discipline in his life. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 20, So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. David washed, anointed, changed his clothes, went to the house of the Lord. Naomi tells Ruth, wash yourself, anoint yourself, clothe yourself, Go to where he is 
to David it was the house of the Lord. Boaz is on the threshing floor. Go to the threshing floor. This is how we are to approach God. Let's take a look at this. She washed herself. She washed herself. Now let me tell you, if you're not saved today, come and get washed. Come and get washed. We, we sang that song, the third song. It was uh, the, the, about the blood, right? And how the blood makes us white. I, I'd never heard that song before. Wasn't that a great song? That was a great song. Thank you for that, worship team. I appreciate that. It just really touched my heart. This is how you wash yourself. You cannot wash yourself, but you can come to the one who can wash you. And he washes you in his precious blood. His red blood takes your black heart and makes it white as snow. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. So Naomi is telling Ruth, I want you to wash yourself. Now, that's to unbelievers. Come to Jesus and be cleansed. Cleansed by his blood. Put your faith in Jesus. He'll wash you whiter than snow. Amen. But what about Christians? What about Christians? Ruth had been gleaning in the fields, which obviously is hard work and dirty work. Sometimes the dirt of the world clings to us. We need to daily wash ourselves. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Wash yourself. So if you're an unbeliever, come to Jesus and let him wash you. If you're a believer today, learn how to wash yourself in the water of the word. Learn how to purify yourself. Learn how to cleanse your heart and your spirit from the filth that is in this world. She was working in the fields. She was dirty from that work. We're called to work in the fields. We're called to be in this world. And we get dusty, we get dirty, we sometimes pick up the habits or the attitudes or sometimes the mannerism or the speech or the perspective or sometimes even the acts of this world. And we need to learn to wash ourselves. Go to God's word. The washing of the water by the word. And as you have these, maybe these attitudes, you know, the world has bad attitudes, don't they? I mean, are, are they not angry? Are they not fearful? Are they not rebellious? Are they not dishonoring? Are they not divisive? Are they not fighting? Aren't they in disunity? I mean, that's all that is in our world right now. It's sexual it's violent, it's perverse, and we're out there in this world. And you can read it, you can come in contact with it, you can hear it, you can watch it, you can sometimes begin to enter in with it, and then you realize, I feel like I've been defiled. It's like my feet got dirty walking in this world, and I need to go and get them washed. And what we can do is we can come and with the washing of the water by the word, we can begin to read that word. And it's like, a, it's like God, like the word becomes like this hose. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're feeding your spirit with the good things of God. 
the holy word of God, the holy scriptures, and all of a sudden God's thoughts become your thoughts again. And God's attitude towards things becomes your attitude. And instead of fear and anger, it's being replaced by peace and love or joy. Am I right about that? And maybe you weren't aware of this or that, and all of a sudden you're reading the word of the Lord, and God's dealing with you about maybe an attitude or maybe something that you said or something that you did that you need forgiveness. And the word of God opens up your heart. It's like looking in a mirror, revealing what type of person you are. And then he rather says, oh, Lord, forgive me for that. And, oh, Lord, cleanse me for this. And, oh, God, I want to get this Add this picture out of my mind or this attitude out of my heart. And there's something about reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God. It has faith attached to that powerful word because faith comes by hearing the word of God. And all of a sudden you're believing and trusting the Lord. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. And the darker our world becomes, the more we need to learn how to wash ourselves. Because this world's like a pig pen. Is it like a pig pen? It's like a pig pen. And God says, now go feed the pigs. Go share your faith. Go work in that area. Go serve there. Keep that job. Maintain that. And you're out there. And people are talking and, and all this. And it's, it's bombarding you. And, and all of a sudden you realize every evening or in the morning or whatever it might be, you know what? I need a good bath. I mean, I, I shower every day, believe it or not. Every day I shower. Sometimes twice a day. I like being clean. And uh, I want you to know, I like being spiritually clean as well. And just like I take a regular shower every day, I, I've learned that I got to take a spiritual shower as well. And that, that is the, it's, it's like the hose, the soap of the word of God just washing me, cleansing me, making me clean again. This is how you approach the Lord. You wash yourself. Then the second thing that Naomi told Ruth to do is anoint yourself or perfume yourself. And if you're not saved today, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. And if you're not saved today, may I say this, come to Jesus and he will anoint you with the Holy Spirit. He will breathe into your heart his spirit. The Holy Spirit will be in you, he will be with you, and he will also come upon you and he will empower you. I was thinking as I was just worshiping the Lord, it is amazing that when I gave my heart to Christ, God came inside of me. He lives inside of me. Now, before I met Jesus, there was no God on the inside of me. But when I believed, it's like Jesus with the disciples on the upper room, he breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Your body literally becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. The breath of God breathed into us. And he's now, the Holy Spirit now is on the inside of me. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. And if you are not saved today, you can receive Christ, 
the spirit of Christ, by simple faith in Christ. And when you do, God breathes into you his very presence. And then the Holy Spirit takes up residence on the inside of you. And that's life change. That is transformation. We're not in this alone. It's just not loving God who is in heaven. That same God who is in heaven breathes his spirit on the inside of us. That's amazing. Anoint yourself. Let me read you this verse out of the Song of Solomon. It says this. How fair is your love. This is the man talking to the woman. So this is like Jesus talking to his bride, you. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes than all spices. The fragrance of Christ needs to saturate our life. How? By spending time in his presence. Jesus is drawn to the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Wash yourself with the washing of water by the word. Anoint yourself by being in the presence of God. Spending time with Jesus. Allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to take full control of your life. I want you to know that Jesus smells, as it were, that Holy Spirit like a sweet perfume. He's just drawn to it. And like in the Song of Solomon, he says, How fair is your love. It's better than wine. I mean, Jesus loves you when you express how much you love him. And if you spend time in his presence, he is attracted to that Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. It's like a woman putting on that great perfume. My wife, she wears perfume. And sometimes I'm nibbling on her little neck and I smell that perfume. Is that bad for me to say that? That's not bad, is it? No. I say, and I'm attracted to the smell of that perfume. I'm so glad she smells different than I do. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs> you know, some people have the scent of the world on them. And some people have the scent of Jesus. Reminds me of uh, the Pharisees uh, when they, they had arrested Peter and John. And, and uh, they marveled at how they were responding, their attitude and the wisdom of the words. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. We want people to realize we've been with Jesus. Because they see Jesus. There's a scent to us, a smell to us, a perfume to us. A sweet aroma. Now, not everybody's going to like that aroma. To some, you'll be like an aroma of death to them. I just feel like every time I'm around you, you're just, you know, they almost get convicted because of the lifestyle that you're living and the morality that you're expressing and the values that you're holding to and the godliness that you're living. But we don't do this with an arrogant or a judgmental attitude. We do it because we want Jesus. Come, Jesus. So Naomi tells Ruth, I want you to wash yourself. I want you to anoint yourself. I want you to change your garment. I want you to put on your your best clothes. Not your working clothes, but your best clothes. Change your garment. I mean, she wants Ruth looking sweet. Clean and 
perfumed and with her Sunday go-to-meeting church clothes on, right? She wants her to look sweet so she can be attractive. She clothed herself. Listen, if you're not saved today, you can be clothed or robed in righteousness. Hallelujah. The Lord can do that for you. Naomi instructed Ruth to take off her widow's garments and put on her best garments. The Bible talks about this for us as Christians. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. What do you need to put off today? What do you need to put on? What type of smell do you have? The scent of the world or is it the fragrance of Christ? Are you washed in the water of the word today? Where all that stinking thing has been washed away. She clothed herself. Put on the new man. Be clothed with humility. Put on garments of praise and robes of righteousness. Lay aside every weight and sin. Put off that old man, the flesh. Put that thing off every single day and put on Jesus Christ and wear him like a garment. She clothed herself. Then the Bible says, go down to the threshing floor. If you're not saved today, you're in the right place. This is the house of bread. This is where Jesus lives. He is here. Naomi told Ruth, go to where you know your Redeemer is. He's in Bethlehem, in the harvest, at the threshing floor. And if you're not a believer today, you're in the house of God, where the Spirit of God is, where the Word of God is, where the presence of Christ is. You're in the right place. You can meet Jesus right here. He can redeem you. He can save you. Naomi tells Ruth, go to that threshing floor. The threshing floor was a place where the chaff was separated from the wheat or from the barley here, from the fruit. And God loves to take us to the threshing floor and meet us there, doesn't he? And you can't escape the threshing floor. If you're a Christian, you can't escape the threshing floor. That's a place where you're going to be winnowed, as it were. They throw up that fruit or that grain, and it'd be in a high elevated place, the threshing floor was. And they'd throw up that, that, that uh, grain, and uh, the chaff would be carried away by the wind. And then the fruit of the grain would fall and be pure fruit. The separation of the chaff from the grain. That's what God needs to do to separate sin and unnecessary things out of our lives. The threshing floor. It's where we meet Jesus. He's all happy on the threshing floor. I mean, he's, Boaz is eating and drinking, his heart is merry. I mean, it's harvest time, it's threshing time. The harvest is being brought in. And what do you do with the harvest? You thresh it. And if you've been brought into the family of God, if you've been saved, you're part of that great harvest. And what God, what's God going to do in your life? He's going to winnow you. He's going to do some separating in you. He's going to get some bad things out of your life. It's the wind that would blow away the chaff. And the Lord loves to send his Holy Spirit and blow on you and deal in you and get the activity of God in your life where you're being lifted up and falling, lifting up and falling. Oh, why all these trials? And God is moving. And I tell you what, he's trying to do some separation. And we need separation in our life, don't we? We need to get out some of that stuff. Thank God that Jesus, his heart is merry 
at the threshing floor. He's happy there because he's purifying the harvest or purifying his people. Now, I realize that being threshed, being winnowed, is not easy to do. Sometimes to get the, uh, the, 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 the wheat or the harvest separated from the shell, they would roll instruments over it, heavy instruments, and just crush that outer shell. So there'd be a separation there. And then they take it and throw it up and the wind would take the shell or the husk and blow it away and just got the pure stuff left. I don't know, being run over, trampled, the heavy hand of God, the wind blowing, the activity of circumstances up and down. And that doesn't seem like a whole lot of fun, but it's necessary. It's necessary. And there she met her redeemer, right there on the threshing floor. And what else did she say? She says, I want you to cover me. If you're not saved, ask Jesus to cover you. Ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask Jesus to save you. Ask Jesus to redeem you. Verse 9, she says, so she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. And God wants to move you from servant to child to part of the family to a love relationship. Take your maidservant under your wing. Cover me with your love, with your redemption. It's a marriage proposal. When Ruth asked Boaz to cover her, she was declaring, I need a redeemer. I'm a widow with no inheritance. You can take my poverty, my shame, and my bleak future and redeem my life from destruction. Oh, Lord, will you cover me? Will you continue to do that? You know, when you get saved, God redeems your life. I mean, you were lost and helpless and hopeless without God in this world. And all of a sudden, you're brought into the family of God. You're in this loving relationship. You have a loving Redeemer, and he is changing your life. But I've learned that God, throughout my life of walking with the Lord, constantly needs to redeem situations for me. He needs to redeem relationships, redeem circumstances, redeem my finances, redeem me, my life from certain destruction, and he does it. He redeems me, it seems like, over and over and over again. That, now, that's my testimony. Does anybody share that testimony? Hallelujah. How did Boaz respond to Ruth? And how does Jesus respond to our hearts? Well, he says in verse 11, I will do all that you request. Verse 13, I will perform my duty for you. He says, lie down until morning. So he offered her rest, lie down until morning. He promised that this was going to take place, that this is going to happen. And when we read chapter 4, he became her redeemer. But that's how Boaz responded. That's how the Lord responds. When we come and we ask him into our heart, he says, I will come. He says, save me, I will save you. Forgive me, I will forgive you. Provide for me, I will provide for me. Change my life, redeem my life from destruction. Make my future better than what it is today. I will do that for you. That's the Father's response. That's our Redeemer's response towards us. Is that he, he doesn't say no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. 
Oh, what a wonderful love story this is. I mean, Ruth is a Moabitess who was forbidden to enter into the house of the Lord and the worship of God's people. The law said, no, you're not welcome. But Jesus, our loving Redeemer, says, I'll save you. I'll save you. If we come to him, he will not cast us out. He just wants to be asked. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. And finally, verse 18. I love verse 18. Naomi says to her, sit still, my daughter. Be at rest. Be at rest until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man, your Savior, the lover of your soul, your great Redeemer, will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. I mean, Naomi knew, man, this Boaz, he, he's got eyes for you. He loves you. The very fact that he gave you six quarts of barley and sent you home full of fruit and provision means that he has a great heart and a great love for you. And may I say this today, by the authority of God's word, Jesus Christ loves you. He has a heart for you. He wants to fill your life with good things. He wants to save you and redeem you. He will thresh you for sure, but he does that for your benefit and ultimately for his glory. And he has a great destination for each and every one of us. It's called heaven, our ultimate redemption. He will not rest. He is highly motivated to save us, to redeem us. To change us. He's motivated to do that. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. God is good, isn't he? Boaz promised to do all that was necessary to redeem Ruth. The law required a ransom. Ultimately, for our redemption, the law required blood. For without the shedding of blood... There is no remission of sins. Jesus, our great Redeemer, motivated by love for us, was willing to pay the price for our redemption, his own blood. He did not rest until he concluded the matter. He came to save. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Tim, I'm lost. I don't know God. I'm without God. I need a redeemer. I need somebody to save my life from destruction. I need somebody to love me, to make my life better, to forgive me. I want somebody to cover me, to protect me, to provide for me, to be that wonderful redeemer in my life. I need Jesus today. If that's you, can you raise your hand? Just lift up your hand.